Hello, friends. I want to say welcome to Vernonia Church and our online teaching time. My name is Sam. I'm the pastor here at Vernonia Church, and it's my privilege to share with you today as we continue this series where we're talking about an, the overflowing life and how to live the overflowing life. In just a few moments, I'm going to share with you a teaching where we're going to talk about an overflowing gratitude. And it's going to be a great day. Hey, before we do anything, I just want to pray a prayer for you. A prayer that you will uh, learn to and, and be challenged to be more grateful in your life and to experience the overflowing life by having an overflowing gratitude. Uh, let me pray with you and for you right now. Let's pray. Father in heaven, uh, I just pray that you will bless each person who's joining us here today with an overflowing sense of gratitude towards you and, and, and towards the people around them, towards their circumstances, with whatever comes our way. Father, we want to experience the overflowing life, the life that's just overflowing with your blessings, with your peace, with, with your grace, with faith, uh, with hope. And, and so, God, we just pray that you will help us to learn to experience and understand and know what it means to have an overflowing sense of gratitude that we could just be grateful for life, grateful for the for the people you've brought into our life, grateful for all that you've done for us. God, we thank you, first off, for Jesus Christ, who gave his life for us to give us eternal life, uh, an eternal life filled to the brim. And God, we just pray that you will open our hearts and open our minds to what your word has to say to us today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Each one of us said, Amen. Well, like I said, I want to dive into this teaching where we're going to talk about an overflowing gratitude. And to begin, uh, I just thought, well, maybe I ought to practice what I preach. And I put together a list of 10 things that I'm grateful for. And so let me just share with you some of those things that I'm grateful for. First off, I'm grateful for what God has done in my life. Uh, the adventures he's taken me on, the life that he's given me. I, I'm grateful that he gave me Jesus Christ to forgive me and to give me a new start and to give me hope. I'm just so thankful for what God's done in my life. And, and I'm thankful for what Jesus did to forgive me of my sin. Uh, looking at my life and my sin and the the areas that I just feel regret and shame and guilt. And I'm just so thankful that Jesus went to a cross to take that all away and to give me hope of a forgiven life filled with grace and heaven. And I'm thankful for my wife for my wife and my kids and my family. I'm just going to lump all of them in together. I'm so grateful that I have a wife who has just been incredibly loving. Uh, she's been faithful. She's been trustworthy. And she has been an amazing partner in ministry, always working to help the church and help me and challenge me and encourage me. And I'm just so thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my kids that they know love and that they love me back. I just love it when my kids come to me and they say to me, Dad, 
love you and and give me a kiss on my forehead or give me a hug. I just, I'm so thankful for my kids. And I'm thankful, uh, number four, for my life, for being healthy for the most part. I'm thankful that I, I get to live life and, and I get to do things that, well, that, that God puts before me. And I'm just thankful. Uh, for life. I'm thankful for my home and a place that I can call home, a place to lay my head down, a place to relax. I'm thankful that I have a a home that's filled with love and care, and I'm just thankful for my home. I'm thankful for my job. Uh, I have a unique job. My job is to share the gospel and to preach and teach, and and I'm so thankful that God took a a guy like me, who at one time had an incredibly foul mouth as a young man, and now uh, God has chosen to to change me and change my mouth and use it to share his word. I'm so thankful and grateful for that. Uh, I'm so thankful for God's word, for the scriptures, that they help me live a better life than the life I was living. I'm thankful that God gives me wisdom when I need it, and God helps me when I need it, and he also disciplines me when I need it. I'm so thankful for God's word. I'm thankful for you. Uh, I'm thankful for those of you who join us online. I'm thankful for, for those of you who are, are are members and regular attenders here at Vernonia Church in person and who join us online when you can't be here. I'm thankful for those of you who join us online regularly. And this is sort of your time with us every Sunday. And I'm thankful that you give us a chance to share God's word with you. I'm just thankful for you. And I'm thankful for our church and, and our in our church body, that it's filled with people who give, who serve, who take their faith serious, and who are really working hard to not only follow Jesus, but also to work together to accomplish his kingdom purposes for Vernonia Church. I'm thankful for this church, and I'm thankful for my friends, the people that I can call, the people that I can connect with, who encourage me, who invest in me, and who care about me. I'm thankful that God has given me friends that that, that care, and I'm thankful for the challenges I've had in my life. Uh, some of those challenges have been things that I look back at and say, man, God, God was really using that to help me grow, to make me stronger, to prepare me for something down the road and some way that I was going to serve him. I'm so thankful for those challenges. And I just want to ask you, <clears throat> what is it that you're thankful for? What If you had to sit down and come up with a top 10 thing, uh, top 10 things you're thankful for today, uh, what would they be? You know, if you just took a moment to say, what am I thankful for? And, and just start thinking of things that you might be thankful for. I'd really encourage you, even before we go through this teaching, to come up with a list like this. Come up with a list of of things you're thankful, things you're th- grateful for. They don't have to be big, huge things. They could be simple things. Uh, but w- what are the things that you're grateful for and thankful for? Well, we're here in this series called The Overflowing Life. And we're talking about how to live a life that's 
filled up to the brim and overflowing with God's purposes, his blessings, his peace, his joy, because he says to us, I want to give you an overflowing life. King David, when he describes God, he he praises God and he thanks God and he says, God, you fill my cup to overflowing. Uh, he says this in Psalm 23, 5, you honor me <coughs> by anointing my head with oil and my cup overflows with blessings. Jesus talked about the overflowing life, how he wanted to give his followers and his disciples and you an overflowing life. And here's what he says in John chapter 10, verse 10. I came that they may enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. God wants to give you an abundant life. God wants to give you an overflowing life. Jesus came from heaven to earth to a cross uh, to, to raise from the dead. And he did it for you so that he could give you a life that was overflowing, filled up to the brim and flowing over. And so in this series, we've been talking about this overflowing life. Last week, we began with a teaching. If you missed it, I would encourage you to go back a teaching about how we need to have this overflowing connection to start the overflowing life. Excuse me, I've got, <laughs> I've got this tickle in my throat. <coughs> Excuse me. And, and, and he wants to give us this overflowing life. It begins with an overflowing connection. This connection is where our overflowing life starts. We connect with God through Jesus Christ. We have faith. We make a first-time decision to believe. And from there, it starts this overflowing connection. But we need in this overflowing connection to stay connected to God, to get into his word, to live and respond to life circumstances like we believe that God wants to give us abundant life, like we believe that Jesus, Jesus is going to take care of us, that Jesus is going to provide for us, and he's going to be there and provide for us, not out of what we have, but what he has and what he can do, and he has an abundance that he wants to bring to you and to me. And so we talked about this overflowing connection, that we need to have this overflowing connection. Every day we need to connect with Jesus. We need to get into his word, and we need to find ways to live abundantly because we're connected to God. It, it, Jesus says this in John chapter 15, verse 10 to 11. He says, when you obey my commandments, in other words, when you follow me, you remain in my love just as I, just as I obey the Father's commands and, and remain in his love. And I told you these things, that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. And sometimes we think, well, how come I don't have joy in my life? And, and it might be because we're not following. We're not, we're not obeying. And when we obey and when we follow Jesus with this incredible connection, our joy will overflow. And again, we see that word overflowing. And wouldn't you like to be filled with a life that's, that's overflowing with joy. And so the overflowing life begins with an overflowing connection. And now we're going to talk about how the overflowing life 
it, it, it continues with an overflowing gratitude. When David was praising God about filling his cup and, and filling it up and, and, and making it flow over, he was thanking God. He was showing God that he's grateful for what he does for him. In fact, all of Psalm 23 could be said is a psalm of gratefulness and thanks, right? He says, God, you're my shepherd, and you lead me to green pastures and beside still waters. And God, you're my shepherd, and you not only lead me in good times, but even when I go through a valley of the shadow of death, you're with me, you're rod and your staff, they comfort me. And so, God, I'm just so grateful that you lead me through the tough times in life and God you 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 take care of me even when my enemies are after me and God you provide for me when my enemies are trying to hurt me and God you anoint my head and God you fill my cup God I'm so grateful for what you do and, and what we're going to talk about this morning is how powerful how important gratitude is we're, we want to fill our lives we want to have a life overflowing with gratitude and I'm <clears throat> and when I'm being grateful to God and when I'm being grateful to the people around me I'm starting to be filled up with gratitude and I'm, I want to get to the point to where not only am I filled up with it but I am overflowing with it and what I want to do this morning is I want to talk about three basic truths that will help us as we think about living a life overflowing with gratitude and let me just share with you these truths we'll begin with truth number one truth number one is this that, that I need to understand that gratitude is powerful. I need to understand gratitude is powerful. Gratitude is a powerful attitude. In fact, the more of this attitude I have in my life, the more of this virtue I have in my life, the, the more powerful it is in my life. Gratitude, it has the power to strengthen relationships. It has the power to strengthen my relationship and trust and faith in God. Uh, gratitude has the power to improve my work situation. <laughs> Being grateful and having gratitude at work can change the whole culture of the office. Uh, gratitude has the power to change your day. Uh, you can you can wake up in the morning and be uh, grumpy and grumbly, and I'm going to be honest with you. I, I it takes me a while to get going in the morning. Uh, I, I tend to wake up a little bit on the grumpy side, uh, but it takes me work. I need to start thinking of things I'm grateful for and gratitude, and, and eventually after my coffee, which I'm very thankful for, I should have had that on my top ten. Uh, after I've had my coffee, I, I start to I start to get to where the day could change if I have gratitude, if I'm thankful, if I start thanking God for the things he's done for me, if I start thinking of things I'm thankful for, it has the power to change your day. Gratitude has the power to change your health. Uh, it, can, it can make you healthier. It can change your relationships, make them healthier. It can change your marriage and make that uh, much healthier. Uh, it has the power to change your entire life. Gratitude is very powerful. It even has the power to change your 
emotions, when you're grateful, when you're thankful. It changes how you feel. It can, it can change the way you feel completely the more gratitude you show. And here's some examples that I came across that talk about how powerful gratitude is. I did a I did a little bit of looking around to try to find studies about gratitude. And one study that was done by Berkeley on the science of gratitude called Gratitude, the Mother of All Virtues. This study found that the more grateful people are, the healthier they are. And an increase in gratitude can improve your health. It found that there's a connection between gratitude and, and a psychological well-being. In general, the more grateful people are the happier they are and you can see why that would go together and the more grateful they are the the more satisfied with life they are and the less materialistic they tended to be and and the less likely they were to suffer burnout because they were grateful and, and being grateful can increase happiness and 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 bring about an overall positive mood they even found that grat- gratitude is key to relationship happiness The study called gratitude a social glue. Grateful people generally have generally have healthier relationships. Grateful people are generally more generous, more kind, more helpful. Gratitude strengthens friendships and relationships and marriages and romantic relationships. It even improves the climate at work. Another study I came across found uh, done by the University of Pennsylvania found that talking about the neuroscience of gratitude, that having gratitude releases important chemicals in our bodies and in our brains, uh, chemicals like dopamine. Uh, when you're grateful, it releases a shot of dopamine in you. And dopamine is that feel-good molecule that triggers positive emotions, optimism, uh, c- camaraderie, and motivation. And it also tr- triggers a release when you're thankful, when you tell somebody thank you, or you even in your heart say, I'm thankful for something. It releases serotonin in your body, in your brain. Uh, 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 this, is, uh, this is a chemical almost, uh, this is a chemical commonly referred to as the happy molecule. <laughs> serotonin, it enhances your mood. It's kind of a, a happy thing. It, it, it's like a natural antidepressant. It increases your willpower. It increases your motivation. It makes you feel happy. And so, man, just simply saying, God, I'm thankful for air. I'm thankful for water. I'm thankful for coffee. Just simply saying, God, I'm grateful for something has the power to just release these chemicals in us. And, and, and there's another study that was done that showed that it also releases a, a chemical in us uh, called oxy, <laughs> oxytocin, not to be confused with that other oxy one that's, a, that's an abused drug. Uh, but, but it releases this in us, in us and, and this is a chemical in our brain, in our body that increases a sense of feeling love. A feeling trust, a feeling generosity. Uh, a, a, it's a bonding thing, and it's a, an affection thing. Uh, it's something that researchers found isn't in us normally, but there are certain things that can trigger it. For example, petting a dog for a while uh, can start to release this in you and your dog. Uh, 
when a husband and wife come together physically and intimately, it, it, it releases this in them to, to create that, that bond in them. When uh, a mother nurses her baby, it can release this and, and, uh, and there's, there's love, there's this feeling, this bond between them. There was a study that was done that I found that took 77 couples and it tested them. Uh, they gave they gave these 77 couples a a series of uh, of uh, questions, questionnaires to answer. They met with these couples on a, a weekly basis. They studied these couples and what they did is they also physically tested them for this chemical in their body in their brain uh, and and what they found as they went through this study is that these couples grew closer and closer and they had more of this chemical in them as they went through it you see one of the things they were supposed to do is every day they were supposed to find something that they were thankful for about their spouse and every day they were supposed to tell each other thank you write something down answer questions about how they felt about their relationship and then they would come together and they would have these meetings where they were studied and in those meetings they were supposed to tell one another things they were grateful for and thankful for and as they were tested they found more of this stuff was in them and as they were tested they found that these couples over the course of the study all grew closer with each other felt better about their marriages felt more secure in their marriage felt they felt trusted they felt appreciated they they felt more uh, more love for each other and so you want to be healthy you want to have a healthy marriage you want to have healthy relationships simply learning to have gratitude in your life is powerful it's powerful, even physically, chemically, uh, neurotically, all, all the different ways you could say it. It's powerful. These chemicals are things that you want in your life. And simply saying, God, thank you, releases them. And so you want to feel better about life? You want to you feel less overwhelmed with life? Well, make that connection with God and start to say thank you. God, I'm grateful. <laughs> God, I'm grateful to be alive. God, I'm, I'm grateful I have food to eat. God, I'm grateful for my coffee. I'm grateful for my wife, my kids, my dog, my cat. I'm grateful for the home I have. God, I'm grateful for my job. I'm grateful for my parents, for my brothers, my sisters. I'm grateful for my friends, my church, my family, uh, for water, for the air I breathe. Whatever it is, find things that every day you can say, God, I'm grateful. And maybe even find ways to look at the people around you and say, I'm grateful. I'm grateful because you do this. I'm grateful because you do that. I'm grateful for who you are. I'm grateful. I'm so thankful for you. Every day, come up with things that uh, you're grateful for, and it has the power to change you. Another study showed that if you try to come up with a list of 10 things you're grateful for and you struggle, what am I grateful for? Uh, maybe you can't think of anything. The study showed that simply trying to think of something to be grateful for actually improved their life. 
the the word there's a reason <coughs> excuse me there's a reason that the word gratitude shows up so much in the bible the word gratitude shows up over 150 times in the bible the word thanks and thanksgiving words like that show up over 70 times in the bible god really wants us to know the power of gratitude true gratitude is an attitude we choose to have and, and it's a attitude we choose to have when we respond to god's goodness and when we respond to god's grace in our lives where we show ourselves grateful and thankful to God and the people around us. When we express that gratitude, it opens up an opportunity for us to experience more of God's goodness and more of God's grace. It's so powerful. It gives us a chance to experience more things to be grateful for. And there's a reason that we're taught to have gratitude. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 34, the Apostle Paul says this, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his faithful love endures forever. In Psalm 100, verse 4 to 5, it teaches us that gratitude is an attitude we should have when we approach God. It says this, enter his gates with thanksgiving. <laughs> Excuse me. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise give thanks to him and praise his name for the lord is good his unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation do you see power in that power that thankfulness reminds us of his goodness that that thankfulness reminds us of his unfailing love that thankfulness reminds us of his faithfulness to us and as we're thankful we experience more of his goodness, love, and faithfulness. There's a reason the Apostle Paul teaches us to give thanks in all circumstances. Maybe because gratefulness and gratitude are powerful enough to make a difference in those circumstances. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 to 7, Paul says this. Um, he says that having gratitude is part of being rooted and connected with Jesus. In Philippians 4, 6, uh, uh, sorry, in Colossians 2, 6 to 7, he says this, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him then your faith will grow strong the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness you hear what he's saying he's saying that the more connected you are the more rooted in jesus you are the more you build your life on jesus on following jesus on the teachings of jesus well the result the fruit will be you have an overflowing gratitude because you realize just how much you have to be grateful for in philippians 4 6 to 7 paul says this don't worry about anything instead pray about everything and there's a there's a teaching we could just stop on for a while we're not going to today but but you want to replace worry you want to get rid of worry in your life Replace it with prayer. 
Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. (laughs) Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He's done. There's thanks there. Thank Him for everything He's done. And then, then (laughs) you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Gratitude is powerful. It's so powerful it can eliminate worry. It can eliminate living an overwhelmed life, a a troubled life, a, a life filled with worry, a life filled with anxiety. It's powerful. I thank God and I trust in Him. And God guards my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. I need to realize gratitude is powerful. But along with that, I need to realize another truth. And here it is, truth number two. Truth number two is this. Grumbling is powerful. Grumbling, the opposite of gratitude. Grumbling and complaining are incredibly powerful, but not in the same way that gratitude is. Gratitude is incredibly powerful to improve your life. Complaining and grumbling are incredibly powerful to ruin it, to destroy it, to negatively affect your life. One of the most powerful things you can do to kill your gratitude is and to, and to miss out on the overflowing life. One of the most powerful things you can do to live an overwhelmed, stress-filled, worry-filled, anxiety-filled life is to complain and grumble. It's probably because of our sin nature that a lot of us find that complaining and grumbling are sort of a default response to life for us. A lot of us respond to life by grumbling and complaining about it. And these attitudes are the opposite of gratitude. What do you do uh, when things happen in your life that were unexpected, unintended, that, well, that, that surprised you? Do you complain? Do you grumble? Things that inconvenience you? Do you do you complain and do you grumble? Let me ask you, what do you what do you grumble and complain about? I know a lot of people they grumble and complain about their most important relationships. They grumble and complain about their spouse. It's not very uncommon to to hear a man grumble and complain about his wife. Talk about how dumb she is. Talk about how ugly she is. Talk about how uh, much of a burden she is, how bossy or or naggy she is. It's not uncommon to hear a man uh, grumble and complain about his spouse, and then you meet their spouse, and well, they're they're beautiful, and they're kind, and they're loving, and and you wonder, what is it about this that, that this guy is complaining about? And what you what you decide is that this is just a complainer and a grumbler. It's not uncommon for ladies to get together and gripe and complain about their husbands, how lazy they are, how how unkind they are, how unthoughtful they are. And, 
And then you you meet the husband, and he's actually a hardworking man who who has, has care in his heart, who loves his family. And you think, well, what is this? What's wrong with this picture? And often it's simply that what you have is a woman who's a complainer and a grumbler. And that complaining and that grumbling, man, that is not improving anything in that marriage. In fact, what it's doing is it is hurting that marriage even more. It's hurting it because that complaining and that grumbling, it goes deep down in us and it, 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 it plants seeds of, of bitterness, uh, seeds of unkindness, seeds of, of, well, seeds of division team building in a negative way i'm building a team against my husband a team of people who agree with me versus him a, a team against my wife a team who and, and we're building sides in a team almost like we're preparing for a war grumbling and complaining is very powerful powerful and hurting and damaging a marriage making other people feel un unappreciated, unloved. If that's you, time to stop. Time to start putting gratitude to work rather than grumbling and complaining. What do you grumble and complain about? Do you, do you grumble and complain about work? Do you grumble and complain about your job, about your to-dos, about your tasks, about your boss, how hard he is, how how unkind, how unthankful, how ungrateful he is. You, you, you talk about the people at work and grumble and complain about how they don't they don't do things right or they're not the way you would do them. And guess what? All your grumbling and all your complaining. Uh, it sows seeds of discord at work and it creates more anxiety and more stress for you at work and for the people around you. And it affects its powerful in a negative way and it does nothing positive. You complain about your circumstances. You complain about the hand you've been dealt. You complain about what you don't have. You complain about and grumble about, uh, about w what you wish you had. It does nothing to help you get it. It just stresses you out. It helps you live the absent mindset rather than the abundant mindset we talked about last week. You complain and grumble about people not paying enough attention to you, people not caring about you. You complain and grumble about your friends. They don't call you. You complain and grumble about people uh, not noticing enough about you. And I, I just want to ask, uh, does that help? People know that that's like what I would call bad attention. We don't want bad attention. I also want to ask, well, who, who do you pay attention to? And who are you caring about it? And who are you calling? Complaining and grumbling does nothing positive. It only has power to create a negative. You complain about and grumble when you're inconvenient. Do you inconvenience? Do you complain and grumble uh, about your church? Uh, do you complain and grumble uh, about how the pastor has long sermons? And I know that's not you. Uh, do you complain and grumble that uh, that your needs are not being met and people aren't paying attention and, and and you're not nobody pays attention to you there and you don't have enough friends there and nobody invites you over there and and, and do you complain and grumble 
And, and I want you to know that your complaining and grumbling adds nothing positive to your church. It only sows disdain, discord, bitterness. Do you complain and grumble about God? How God shorthanded you? How, 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 how God doesn't give you what you need? How, how God doesn't answer your prayers? How God doesn't govern the universe the way you would if you were God? And most of us are thankful that you're not. Do you complain and grumble? And here's the thing. Your complaining and grumbling does nothing positive. Grumbling and complaining are powerful attitudes in your life in a negative way. All that complaining and all that grumbling, it can affect you physically. It can affect you emotionally. All of it negative. It affects you physically and turns you into a bitter person. And it sows seeds of disharmony among the people around you. And it makes you a negative force in your home, in your community, at work, in your church, in your marriage, on a team. Complaining and grumbling does absolutely nothing positive. It just does all kinds of negative. It's powerful, but not in the way you think. It, it ruins your reputation. You think your complaining and grumbling is doing something positive, but really what it's doing is it ruins your reputation. It, it drives the morale of people around you down. You think that you're you're uh, you know showing how smart you are because you notice something, how and you're criticizing, making yourself feel bigger and better while you're doing it. But people look and they see that you're small. You damage yourself more than anything when you grumble and complain. You damage your happiness. You damage your reputation. People don't want to be around people that grumble and complain. The only people that want to be around grumblers and complainers are other grumblers and complainers. And they're grumbling and complaining because all you do is grumble and complain. As a pastor... I found that people who grumble and who complain all the time are usually the people that are the most they're usually the people that are the most inactive in the church. Oh, they they might show up and they'll grumble and complain and tell you what you should do, what you shouldn't do, how this or that isn't the way they would do it, but the truth is Usually, your biggest and loudest grumblers and complainers don't give, don't serve, don't help ever. And if they do show up, it's rare. And they're just grumblers and they're complainers, but they don't add anything. They're like people who honk their horn behind a car that's broke down. I recently came across a story about a man whose car was being held up at a stoplight by a lady who was trying to start her car. And he just sat there blaring his horn at her because she was holding him up. She was frantically trying to start her car, couldn't get it started, and he's just hammering down on his horn. Well, eventually, a <laughs> little sweet lady got out of her car, walked over to the man still honking his horn, and she said this. She said, Sir, why don't we trade places? And I'll honk the horn for you while you help me start my car. <laughs> well, often complainers and 
grumblers are like the person honking the horn but doing nothing it's easy to grumble it's hard to find solutions maybe you know someone like this uh, someone like horner the grumbler there once was a man named horner who used to live on grumbler's corner a grumbler corner in crosspatch town and he never was seen without a frown he grumbled at this he grumbled at that he growled at the dog, he growled at the cat. He grumbled in the morning, he grumbled at night, and he grumbled and growled. Well, that was his chief delight. <laughs> Some people, they just seem to be happiest when they're unhappy. <laughs> and they wonder why they're unhappy. Grumbling is powerful, and it sets the seed for bitterness. And, you know, the Bible will teach us that when we let bitterness into our life, it gives Satan a foothold in our life. That's how powerful grumbling and complaining is. That's why God says to us in Philippians chapter 2, verse 14, do everything without complaining and arguing. And some of us, we could just stop there at that verse and let that verse sink in. <laughs> Let that verse remind us when we're in the middle of something, we start to find ourselves grumbling or complaining about it. And we need to just stop and say, God says, don't grumble or complain. Next time you catch yourself grumbling, complaining, arguing, realize that your grumbling and complaining and arguing is doing nothing positive for you. It doesn't make you feel better, even though you think it will. It just makes you feel worse. It adds anxiety, stress, bitterness. It becomes an opportunity for Satan to put a foothold in your life. It does nothing good. Complaining. <coughs> Some people, they complain about things that are out of their control. They complain about the weather. <laughs> does that change it? They complain about their marriage. and It doesn't make it better. They complain about everything in their life. But they do nothing. They do nothing to improve. That's positive. In Numbers chapter 14, 27, God says this, How long must I put up with this wicked community and its complaints about me? God says, I, I'll put up with it for a while, but eventually I stop putting up with it. And maybe this week, instead of grumbling and complaining, we ought to start to learn to show gratitude. Finding things we can be thankful for. Instead of grumbling and complaining about things and doing nothing about them. Remember, that's what someone does whose roots are grown deep into Christ. They overflow with thankfulness. Remember Colossians 2, 7, we read it earlier, that it says, Let your roots grow deep into Him. Let your lives be built on Him. Then your faith will grow strong. And the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Maybe instead of, complaining we start living day to day with gratitude finding things to be thankful for start having gratitude towards god grumbling and complaining they lead us to miss out on what god wants to give us you know jesus one time told a parable he told a parable about a master who had three servants and that master was going to go away so the master gave three servants 
different amounts of bags of silver. To one servant, he gave him five bags of silver. To another servant, he gave him a three, uh, two bags of silver. And to another servant, he gave one bag of silver. And each time he gave it to them according to their ability to use it, to invest it, to manage it. And he gave it to them and he went away. Then he came back. When he came back, the one who had five bags of silver had worked so hard, he had doubled the value of those five bags of silver. The one who had two bags of silver worked so hard and doubled the value of those two bags of silver. The master said, hey, let's celebrate what you've done. Let's let's <coughs> let's enjoy what you've done. He throws a party for them and he celebrates them. And, and he comes to the servant who had the one bag of silver and the one the servant with the one bag of silver. Well, he took that bag of silver and he buried it and did nothing with it. In fact, uh, he was very ungrateful about it too i read through this story and there are there are lessons to be taken from this story that are different from the one i'm going to focus in on here but but one thing i notice about this servant is he is a grumbler he is a complainer and he has no gratitude and he does nothing with what God has given him. The other two were thankful for what God gave them, the opportunities he gave them, and they did something with it and they were blessed. But this guy is a grumbler and a complainer. I know that because in Jesus' story, it says this in Matthew 25, 24, the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I know you were a harsh man. <laughs> he's telling <laughs> he's telling the master, he knows that he's a, well, He's a hard guy to work for. He's unfriendly, he's unkind, he's harsh, you know. And, and, and so, so I know you are a harsh man. Harvesting crops where you didn't plant. Uh, you, you, I, I don't agree with the way you do business. <laughs> yeah, and he complains right to his face about it. And I know that you gather crops where you didn't cultivate. Uh, you didn't do the work, someone else did the work. Uh, and... And you gather those crops. He He's just complaining and grumbling about the way his master does business. I was afraid of you. And I was afraid to lose your money. And so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. Instead of being grateful for what the master gave him. And the opportunity he gave him to use this bag of silver. And to invest it and to put it to work. Uh... Well, he complained about who the master was, how that he did business, and he buried his investment. Instead of being grateful for this opportunity, he did nothing. He was a grumbler, a complainer, who did nothing, which is typical about grumblers and complainers. I once heard a pastor say this, that complaining is stewing without doing. People who gripe and who complain and who grumble and who stew without doing, they complain about things they can't control. They complain about what is or isn't being done. They they complain about what they have. They complain about the things in their life, but they do nothing to improve the situation. And this servant chose to grumble and complain and do nothing. So the master called him a wicked and lazy man. 
he could have done better, the master said, if he simply put the money in the bank and, and got a little bit of a return on it. And so what he had was taken away and given to the man who invested the five initial bags of silver. And here's the principle Jesus teaches with this story. He tells us in Matthew 25, 29, he says, those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. They will have an abundance. There's that word, abundance, overflowing. But to those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Gratitude is powerful. Gratitude leads us to have a grateful attitude that uses all that, all that God gives us for God's glory. And grumbling and complaining is powerful. It leads us to do nothing and to even have what we have taken away. You want to have your marriage taken away? Go ahead. Continue to grumble and complain about your spouse to all your friends. Eventually, that's going to bear fruit. You want to have your happiness at work taken away? Go ahead. Grumble and complain constantly to everybody about the people you work with or your boss or the company you work for. You want to be unhappy all the time? Go ahead, grumble and complain all the time about politics and the political situation and the economy. And Go ahead, but you want to experience an overflowing life. Go with gratitude, which leads me to truth number three. Truth number three is this. Gratitude is God's will. Gratitude is living out God's will for you. God's will for you is that you learn to have a life that's overflowing with gratitude. People often say, I just want to know God's will. And when they say that, they're saying, you know, I want to know who God wants me to marry uh, where God wants me to go to college, uh, what God wants me to do for a career, where God wants me to work, where he wants me to live. I want to know God's will. And I want to say the first step to knowing God's will is asking him what his will is. And guess what? He tells us what his will is. If you turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, it says this, Be thankful in all circumstances. No matter what happens in your life, be thankful and grateful. And now listen to this. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Whoa, 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 that's not what I meant. Uh, what I meant is I, I want to know God's will about all these specific things in my life. And let me ask you this. Why would God tell you step 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 in your life if you're not doing step 1 that he's already told you? What he tells you is it's his will for you to learn to be grateful, to be overflowing with gratitude. That's his will. 
And, and before we start looking for all the other things that are His will in our life, He says, why don't you just do what I've already told you? Be grateful. Have gratitude. Start to practice gratitude. You want to live the overflowing life? You want to be able to say like David, God, you fill my cup and it overflows. You want to be able to experience the abundant life that Jesus came to give, that we might have abundance and, uh, and be overflowing with God's blessings, with his peace, with his grace. Well, it's, it starts with a connection to God through Jesus Christ every day. And it continues as we learn to show gratitude. Now I want to just give you a very practical practical way that you could apply today's teaching. I've already mentioned one. Make yourself a list. Ten things every day that you say, God, I'm grateful for this. Maybe you begin your day. Maybe, maybe it's not when you wake up. I'm going to leave you some room for that because I know me. I, I wake up and I need a little time. But maybe it's when you get in your car and you drive to work. Maybe it's while you're sitting sipping your coffee. Maybe it's while you're doing your first things of the day. Just start thinking, God, thank you for this. God, thank you for that. So start putting the power of gratitude in your life. And that's God's will for you. Start doing that every day. Think of things you can be thankful and grateful for. And you'll notice that your days will probably be better. And you'll feel better about all the circumstances that come your way. I also want to give you I want to give you a a next step you can take that's more relational. Maybe every day this week, write a thank you note and put it in the mail. Maybe every day this week, make sure you say thankful thank you to your spouse for something that you're grateful for. Say thank you to your kids for something you're grateful for. And just start putting the power of thanks into your life. Well, I want to say thank you for joining me. Uh, I didn't even think of that. I was going to say that anyways. But I want to say thank you for joining me as we went through today's teaching. I do want to apologize for my my voice occasionally and the coughing here and there. I've had this little tickle in my throat the last week or so. And it's driving me up a wall. It only hits me when I try to talk a lot. Uh, but but anyhow, I'm taking care of that. But I want to say thank you for joining me. And I want to finish up by declaring it's been a great day. And so if you're ready, I'm going to count to three. We'll declare it's been a great day together. One, two, three. It's been a great day. I hope you have a great day and a great week. And I look forward to seeing you next Sunday as we continue this series on how to live the overflowing life.